0: All right, welcome back to another great episode of Black Equity. I am excited about this conversation. Uh, whenever we can get into Black entrepreneurship, Black and in, uh, black investing, uh, and being able to own your own craft and be able to own your own world, uh, one of the first people that I think about, I've been following for at least two to three years now,
1: uh, is Cream Ellis. Cream,
0: uh, welcome mm. to Black Equity. Thank you, it's
1: an absolute pleasure and a privilege um, I'm not sure when folks will be watching this, but uh, if you're watching this now, you obviously know that we are on lockdown due to corona, uh, so we are all making great usage of our time. <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely. Uh, hopefully, by the time they're watching this, everything's over yeah. with. Uh, yeah, that's, the, yeah
1: that's, that's hopefully it.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely excited about this conversation. For those who don't know who you are... Okay. Uh, I know it may be hard to sum up who you are in two sentences or so. Yeah.
1: But just tell okay. us a
0: little bit about yourself and uh,
1: your background and Okay. Uh, so I look at myself as uh, an original hard luck story that went right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Original hard luck story went right. And the reason why I say it is because before walking through the journey of where I'm at now, uh, I faced homelessness. Uh, I lost it all at the age of 26. My credit score was probably in the low five, the, the low five hundreds, the upper four hundreds. Um, I had lost the job. I had overdrawn bank accounts, credit cards that were shut down for non-sufficient funds. I had the car repossessed. And I somehow managed to take my journey from losing everything to where I am now, which is a successful entrepreneur. Uh, I'm a national, international motivational speaker at this stage of the game. I'm invested in two or three different business ventures at this point. I am finally happily married. <laughs> Congratulations. And every, well, thank you. And everything's on the uptake. And I owe all of that to the power of vision. I owe all of that to the power of vision.
0: All right. So I, I'm looking forward to that because uh, I understand that without vision, the people are going to perish. So I want to dive Absolutely. into uh, how do you, you know, have a vision? How do you follow it? Uh, okay. But before we get into the vision, there sure. talked about something that I think is very important and it is, uh, I guess, the idea of not succeeding. So you, mm. you were talking about all these different things that you had went through and you weren't necessarily mm-hmm. the most successful person. Absolutely. The reason why I like that is that a lot of people hide that; they hide mm. the vulnerable part. So you're coming Ooh. out the gate, and you're like, "Hey, this is who I am." Why are you so
1: comfortable with that <laughs> part of your story? Well, well, here's the reason why I'm so comfortable, and and because you said scripture, I'm gonna I'm gonna let some scripture. It's not to Go preach for anybody it. on here, Go but for we're it. gonna use some scripture because I am a I'm a follower of Christ, and I'm God fearing, and my journey would mean nothing if it wasn't for God. Uh, so first and foremost, I want you to understand that. Uh, the test you go through is your testimony for someone else. So every challenge I went through wasn't for me, it was for someone else. So another analogy to give to you, um, I was just talking about this the other day, uh, it's, it's, it's the process of dealing with snakes. I actually have a three-part video we're working on now on how to how to avoid getting snake bitten. But if you get bit by a poisonous snake, you understand the only way a doctor is going to save your life is the very venom that, that, that can take you out, <laughs> that can end your life. They have to use that very venom to save your life. They take that same venom, they mix it with antibodies, and that's the very thing that saves your life. So when I look at homelessness, when I look at losing it all, uh, when I look at having thoughts of committing suicide at the age of 26, because I didn't think I had value to offer the world, the the, the key point of me making it through that hurdle wasn't just for me. See, what happens on my journey, I encounter other people who've gone through the same exact thing. So I encounter people that were college dropouts, just like me, and they were told that you can't be successful without a college degree. Uh, I run into people like me that were forced to move back home in their 20s and their 30s. I run into people that have dealt with the jobs that have let them go, uh, the world that has shut them out, and because of the fact that I successfully made it through, what they can do is take the poison of my life circumstances and situation, and they can mix that with antibodies, and then they have antivenom, which allows them to make it through their journey. So I'm pretty open about my story because I understand my story is bigger than me. There is a wave of folks just like me that are lost trying to find their way out of the wilderness. It's my job to look back behind me and say, this is what I did. If you follow this blueprint and you follow these steps, you'll be successful just as well. Um, I feel like there's too little of us that do that. We make it out, but we want to be at the top. Uh, The reason why it's lonely at the top is there's not enough of us turning back around and reaching down and taking our accumulated wisdom and knowledge to pull other people up there with us. So I will always be open book when it comes to my journey and setback because there's too many people that have gone through the same things. And honestly, they're afraid to let the world know this is where I'm stuck at.
0: Mm. One of
1: the things my mentor told me that's so powerful, Les Brown, he says, ask for help, not because you're weak, ask for help because you want to remain strong. So with most people going through a setback journey, you have to be in the habit of asking for help, but you have to ask the right people. You have to ask the right people.
0: Okay. So I want to get to that too, uh, knowing how to spot the right people.
1: Mm. So there's
0: a lot of things we've got to get into. I can feel it. But you talked <laughs> Honestly, about, a one. You talked about yeah. the wilderness. Yes. How did you know that you were exiting the wilderness? What was mm. going on in your life? that said, oh, I think I'm about to leave this wilderness life and go Mm. into uh, the life of prosperity. What was that moment?
1: (laughs) Well, I want you to understand that every promised land is surrounded by giants. Mm. Every promised land is surrounded by giants, meaning that you can't walk into your promised land unless you are ready to do battle. See, contrary to proper belief, I have a different take on the, uh, the the story of the Hebrews versus the promised land. If you look at the Hebrews being brought out of bondage, they went through several battles through several different tribes, and God gave specific instructions. He said that you were to wipe them out. Don't take, don't take any of their idols. Don't take any of their women. Wipe them out, because I don't want you taking their false beliefs and watering down my pure religion. Facts about it. If anyone got caught doing that, they were supposed to be taking us out of the camp and stone to death because God was trying to keep things pure. I brought you out of bondage for a purpose, and I don't want you watering your purpose down. So this is a side note, and I'm just going to flow with where the Spirit leads me on this call. Um, I want you to understand that your purpose, and that's the reason why you were here. You're not here by accident. You're not some cosmic gamble or roll of the dice. Uh, you are one of God knows how many sperm that made it to the finish line. So you're put here on purpose, with purpose, by purpose. You have been knocked up for purpose. So your mission while you're here is to actually give birth to what you're designed to do. The problem is, is we water down purpose if we don't know what we're here to do. So the relationships we take on. There were several relationships leading up to the I do that were in some way, shape, or form watering down my purpose. There were several jobs I took on that had nothing to do with my God calling that were watering down the purpose. There were certain relationships, friends and peers I kicked it with, which again, because I didn't know purpose, I was hanging around folks that was watering down my purpose. So we see the reason why he said, take them and stone them because I don't want you watering down the purity of what I'm trying to perform. But remember, when you go through battle, the battles you go through aren't accidental. In other words, uh, me having to move back in 26 wasn't accidental. Me losing the car to the repo man wasn't accidental. The job letting me go in the midnight hour wasn't accidental. The heartbreak from different women that I loved or friends that I loved walking out of the picture wasn't accidental. The reality is it was preparing me for battle because God understood when I walked into my promised land, which is where I'm at now, you better understand something. When you're in your promised land, the enemy will come to attack. And you typically won't fight for something that you didn't have to work for to get. Mm. You You won't fight for it. And, and, and this rings true across the board. When I've coached and trained and taught people, if, if, it, if they got it for free and it cost them nothing, they will never apply it. They'll never fight for it. They'll never defend it. They'll never defend it. You see, when they walked into their promised land, they were still in continuous battle from tribes trying to come in and take the goodness of what God gave to them. So understand that everything you've gone through is preparation to not only acquire your promised land, but most importantly, to hold on to your promised land. So one of the ways you know you're close, things feel like they're starting to fall apart. It's almost like a woman in labor. The way you know you get ready to give birth, the labor pains start coming closer together. So in my season, right before my breakthrough, relationships went south. Folks that were my a ones that I thought I could depend on all suddenly pulled up off of me. Everything started going crazy. But in that season, I understood I'm going through labor pains. My job right now is to do what any doctor is going to tell a female. Your job is to grit down and just push. I don't care how bad it hurts. I don't care who walks away. I don't care what people are telling you. Your job is to keep pushing because you're about to give birth to something absolutely wonderful, but you got to push. So it's around it because right now, a lot of people are going through labor pains. When I look at social media, mm-hmm. a lot of people woke up never expecting their jobs to let them go, never expecting their income to take a hit. And the issue being for some of these folks, they were in the process of doing something on the side. They're in the process of chasing a goal or dream or giving birth to a business. Um, And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this happened. Someone just kicked the legs right from under him. And that situation, I tell you, always just to push. It always looks darkest before the dawn. That's so cliche, but it is so absolutely true. And the other thing is this. When these things happen, it, it teaches you where to place your faith in. There is no man or woman on this planet that can take, um, can take props for where I'm at right now. Because when God walks you to your promised land, it is God all alone that has done it. So I've been coached and mentored by a lot of people. I've had a lot of people help me along the way. But as far as the really, really big things that are taking place, you know, the being able to leave the nine to five and be totally dependent upon entrepreneurial uh, money and wealth and to have cars and, 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 and real estate paid off and not have to go back and work a nine to five job, and that's your golden and dream, and to travel all over the world, um, only God can take credit for that. Man did not do that. God will set you up in such a place that if you move by faith, and faith means I'm moving in the direction of what I want, even when people pull off of me, even when the resources dry up, even when things look bleak, or I can't see how it's going to happen, by faith, I just believe and receive, and I go after it. And it's in faith that you glorify God, and it's in faith that you get everything that you want. But typically, right before you cross that threshold, I'm being clear with you, all hell will break loose. Mm. Your job is to stay focused on what it is you want and see that thing all the way through to the finish line. But don't be shocked because a lot of times the attack you're going to face is not going to be from strangers out in the street. The worst attacks you can face are the folks that's in your camp. Remember, Jesus got betrayed by someone inside his camp, not outside his camp. It was someone inside his camp that ultimately got him onto the cross where he committed the greatest sacrifice for mankind. That wasn't someone outside because people outside didn't know which one Christ was. He had to be betrayed with a kiss. Now I don't know about you, but you can't kiss me if I don't know you. You right. gotta be someone in my inner circle to get close to me, close enough to me to betray me with a kiss. And so that's what would end up happening for a lot of you. Um, you will be you will be betrayed by someone close to your camp. <laughs> it, will be, it will be the blow you least expect. And that's the challenge to see the thing through. Okay, Absolutely.
0: This is is a very deep conversation. And we're only five minutes in. We didn't change the whole game (laughs) already. Uh, You talked about about earlier (laughs) about choosing the right people. Yes. So now you're in your promised land, and you're walking into your promised land. Mm -hmm. How do, as you have this vision, because we're going to get to that as well. Yes. How do we start
1: choosing the right people? That the right we people. That's a great question. So let's backtrack a little bit. Sure. Um, you said something leading it off. You said everything. You, what did you, you? Did you say when we talked about vision? I think you said write um, the vision. You said everything starts with vision. I think that's where we started it. Without the vision, starts, people perish. Without without okay. so without the vision, people perish. Um, and when I hear perish, I know there's scriptural meaning for it, but I have a, I have a different interpretation. When I hear without vision, people perish. Um, I don't believe that if you don't have a vision, God's going to hit you with a lightning bolt from on high. (laughs) I believe that you've been put here for a purpose. Your job while you're here, because we all are in the sphere of time, chronos, we're here uh, with with a lot of time. I don't have forever to complete my purpose. So first of all, I got to figure out why am I here? What is my vision? What am I supposed to do? So everything starts with vision. Another scripture from the book of life I love so much is write the vision and make it plain. That means I must be clear about what I'm here to do. Uh, So one of the things I tell people, uh, the three most important days of your life is the day you were born. Because on that day, you bless the universe with your presence. The second most important thing is the day you discover your purpose or discover your why. Because ultimately, that is the reason for being. And then the third thing is when you decide to embrace your purpose and walk in. And this is so important because I figured out my purpose at the age of 26 when all hell was breaking loose. It took me about to the age of 30 to walk in my purpose because I didn't believe I was worthy of it. I didn't believe I was called to do it. I was a person without a college degree. I didn't see the necessary finances. My bank account was check to check. I was still trying to figure out how to say one month ahead of the repo man. I looked at God and said, you are making a mistake there's no way in the world you you can be talking to the right person. I don't have the resources for it. So there was a delay in walking in my purpose because I argued with God. No difference in Moses and the burning bush most of us will argue with God over our purpose but one of the things about your purpose I find so profound that God has already given you the resources you need to walk out your purpose so for anyone on here that's going man I can't figure out what my purpose is two quick ways to figure out number one what are you passionate about what is it that you absolutely love to do what is it that you could talk about Hours on end without getting tired of it. What programs come on to dance around your passion that you will be late to your job or late to meet friends or late to eat dinner? Because I just gotta watch the last five minutes of this program, okay? Because typically, if I can discover your passion, your purpose is normally dancing somewhere around that passion in some way, shape, or capacity. The second thing is, what are my God given gifts, talents, and expertise? What are my God given gifts, talents, and expertise? So on my end, and this is all important, this all wraps around the concept of vision, okay? Um, On my end, I'm a gifted communicator. I've been running my mouth since I came out the womb. The thing I got in trouble for the most as a child growing up was talking too much. My senior year, I was voted most talkative. Now, because I didn't have a vision for my life, I didn't pay attention to that gift, that skill set. If you have a mouthpiece on you and you know how to use it properly, there are doors that can open for you that won't open for everybody else. So the key thing number one is what is my gift and talent? What I do exceptionally well, because typically my gift and talent is the thing given to me to help me walk out my purpose or better yet, walk out my vision, okay? My vision. Um, The second thing is what's my expertise? Meaning what am I an expert at? What have I been sitting on all this time that I do better than anyone else around me? So let's, let's give you an example of expertise versus a gift. A gift is my ability to communicate. That's what gets me on stages nationally, internationally. I can teach a message, I can convey a message, I can communicate excellently with other people and help them have that aha moment. But an expertise would be mastering real estate investing. I can get in front of a room full of people and teach folks how to flip houses, how to wholesale houses, how to go out with tax lanes, how to deal with probate, how to go out through apartment buildings. That's an expertise. Now if I understand my vision, I have to be very careful on the expertise because sometimes the expertise is the very thing that helps push me into my vision. Sometimes the expertise is the thing that gives me the resources to walk into my vision, Mm. okay? There's a difference between the two. So let's rewind because everything starts with vision and this is gonna really help a lot of people out that's watching this podcast uh, this season and then out of the season. You have to know where you're going. If you know where you're going, then you know what resources are needed for the journey. So when people say, when you started this journey 20 20 years ago, why real estate? People don't understand. I didn't fall in love with real estate. That wasn't the reason why I did real estate. I understood, number one, my vision was inspiring people all over the world. Now, to inspire people all over the world, I have to make a list of what is standing in my way stopping me right now the number one thing that was stopping me was my nine to five job. And it's not that I hated the job, it's not that the job was bad or horrible. I love the job, I could have got paid more, but I love the job, I love the people, I love the different uh, food days and celebrations, but being a manager in corporate America, there's no way I can travel all over the world and do my calling when I gotta give them 40 to 50 hours a week of my time. Right. Every vision is watered by time. Uh, With that, that, what, what we said about earlier, um, without a vision that people perish the reason why people perish because they run out of time they run out of time once the shot clock is up it's up and so your job is to get your vision out there before your time runs out my greatest regret is I wasn't savvy enough to know this at the age of 18 if I started this journey at 18 versus 44 well I'm, I'm 44 now but if I started this at 18 versus really like around, around the age of 20, between 26 and 30, oh, I'd be a monster. Now, so this is a side note for anyone watching this that has kids. Your job as an adult is to raise them to, to the age of 18. That's your responsibility. But you are also supposed to be trying to help discover their gift and nourish their gift. What I mean is this. My favorite animal in the world is a cheetah. A cheetah is known for running 70 miles per hour. Two things I've never seen is this. I've never seen a cheetah confused about his God giving gift of speed. You have never seen that. A cheetah understands I can use my speed to catch my meal or evade other predators so they can't kill me. Now, if God saw fit to give a cheetah the gift of speed, if God saw fit to give an eagle uh, 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 a line of sight or, or a 2020 vision where they can spot their prey two miles in the air, if God gave the bat the ability to use sonar to locate his prey at nighttime, if God gave the plants out there the ability to use sunlight to create his food source, if God gave all these living things the ability to use a, sight, a sort of gift and talent as a superpower to make their way easier, I'd be a fool to think he didn't give me something that's supposed to help me in my purpose. I would be a fool. Now, here's the catch. When I have vision, then I can really take a look at my resources and see what's at my disposal. But when I don't have vision, I will abuse the gift because I'm not using it based on its intended purpose. So here's the thing. In corporate America, I was a corporate trainer. I was training uh, individuals on new techniques, sales techniques, phone techniques, all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, I was making $20 an hour at the job. When I jumped over to the speaking line of the fence, my paycheck jumps up anywhere from $6,000 to $10,000 an hour, depending on the organization. Mm. What's the difference between the two? I'm still using the same gift and talent, but since I have awareness of the gift and talent, and most importantly, I have control of the gift and talent, I can take the gift and talent and apply it towards my vision versus applying it towards somebody else's vision. See, the problem with most of us, we take our gifts and talent unknowingly and we use it on someone else's vision and we make them wealthy beyond means and we struggle to get by. When God gave me that gift and talent and that expertise to make my way easier. So why am I doing a disservice to my own success by not using my gift appropriately? If a cheetah starves in the wild, that's because they chose not to use their gift to speed appropriately. You've been given everything you need to catch anything out there on the playing field. Now, with that gift and talent comes education. Meaning, a cheetah can catch anything it wants to, but when's the last time you've seen a cheetah catch a giraffe? The right. heck are you going to do with it? Nibble right. on its ankles? <laughs> you know, so a cheetah's going to use that gift and talent to go after something it knows it can catch and dominate. Okay? The problem with a lot of us, because we don't have vision over while we're here, and this goes back to childhood. As kids growing up, how many times do people ask you, What's your vision? What are you going to be? What's, what, what are you going to um, actually offer the world as your legacy, as your measure of greatness? I have people all the time ask me what I wanna be, what I wanna go to school for. How many times do people say, Kareem, what's your gift and talent, and how are you gonna use that? So I have a different philosophy about philosophy about education versus gifts and talents. The very first thing I think you should honestly do is figure out what my gift and talent is. I gotta figure, because that's my home court advantage. Mm. I gotta know that. Facts about it, a mother cheetah won't let a baby cheetah leave on its own. Until the the baby cheetah watches the mother successfully run down and catch his prey. Why? Because what you see, you believe you can do. What you see, you believe you can do. So if I have a vision for my life, the very first thing I honestly want to do, resource-wise, is I got to find a mentor. That should be the first thing on the agenda. Talking biblically, there's a reason why uh, Joshua shadowed Moses. That wasn't by accident. God already knew that Moses wasn't going over into the promised land. Joshua, you got the mantle. But how much easier it is for Joshua to follow God's command and pray to the living God and commit the same same miracles and wonders based on the fact that he watched Moses part the Red Sea. Mm. He watched the the manna pop up out of nowhere. He watched the, the fire by night and the cloud by day. He was present to see all those things. So when people ask me, Kareem, you know, because I've had a lot of mentors, but my, my, my most notable mentor is obviously Les Brown. Why Les Brown? Because what God would do as a foreshadow of your destiny, he'll show you someone or something that is actively doing the very thing he designed you to do. Why? Because it's easy to do what you see. When I jumped into real estate, I found a real estate mentor and I worked for her for two and a half years at $8 an hour. You can't live off $8 an hour. So why did I do it? Because number one, I knew I could never get comfortable at $8 an hour. And this is for whoever's listening to this call that's stuck in a nine-to-five job and you know you want out. Number one, you have to be willing to make yourself uncomfortable. As long as that job is giving you the hours that you want, giving you the time up that you want, and giving you comfortable pay, you will never shift your thinking to go after something great. You always have to give up something mediocre to go after something great. So at $8 an hour, there was never a danger of me being a full-time employee for her. I took the job so I could master the skill set of real estate. So I honestly only wanted to stay there for two years. I stayed for two and a half. And then when I got out, I hit the ground running. I wouldn't be traveling all over the world speaking had I not mastered the skill set of real estate. So this goes back to the earlier conversation. Why real estate? Um, The only reason I chose real estate, because once I knew the vision for my life, I needed a strategy to get there. Mm. Remember, my most valuable resource is time. And I'm giving 40 to 50 hours a week as their manager at this call center. You know, and then when I left the call center, I did a corporate job as a corporate trainer. I'm giving 40 to 50 hours of my week. Always remember, whatever you water is what's going to grow. The problem, most of us, we water somebody else's seed and get mad because we have to beg to them to pick some fruit from the tree.
0: Right.
1: I don't want to water your seed. I want to water my own. So when I get hungry, I can pick and pluck as much as I need. While everyone else is struggling in this corona season, me and my wife are fine as both as entrepreneurs because we grew our own, we grew our own seed. So we can sit back and not worry about a stimulus check. We can pluck fruit off our own tree and eat well and take care of family as well. So that's why I said everything starts with vision. When you know where you want to go, the second thing is what's my strategy to get there? I could have done stocks, but I ain't had the money for it. Real estate was a very easy learning curve. Real estate's not hard at all if you got the right mentor. Uh, I couldn't jump into speaking right away because again, I didn't have the nest egg or the resources to do it. And I had a lot of bills at that point in time. For most of the people I know that's working a job, I'm gonna probably say 70% of the people I've spoken in front of or coached or mentored are working jobs that they do not love. Right. They're only working them because they pay They pay bills. That's it. People talk about how low they are to the job. That's BS. If a job across the street says I'm going to pay you $5 more an hour, most people will quit their job today without a two-week notice and go over there because it's not about walking in purpose or passion or doing what I love. It's about paying bills, keeping a roof over my head, and taking care of my family, okay? My honest belief is when you walk in your passion, passion can always be monetized. Right. When you walk in your passion properly, it can always be monetized. But that's where a good mentor comes in at. So I hit the vision. I figured out the strategy, and then I found the mentor. And the reason why you find a mentor, because a mentor is a time warp. It's kind of funny because um, my very first business I started years ago um, that gave me the seed capital for my mentor, um, I started a vintage toy business. And so I was selling a lot of toys uh, that we grew up with from childhood, like, you know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, stuff like that. And um the reason why I got a mentor as a child growing up I was a huge, I'm trying to look. I thought I had it on me, but I didn't. Um, I was a huge uh, n- n- Nintendo player.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> and I was a huge Nintendo player. I was doing a, doing a video clip, of my, my, super, my uh, regular Nintendo. Right. And my favorite game when the Nintendo came out was Super Mario Brothers. Right, And right. we would always, going growing up, we would get bragging points for who could beat the game quicker than anyone else in the neighborhood. And I was always a person who would beat games quicker and faster. And the way I do it in Mario is with Warp Zones. A warp zone will let you go from board one to board two, and then you find the warp zone, and then you warp to board four, and then you play board four, and then play, 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 play board four, and then jump to board six, and then board seven, and then boom, board eight, it's the end of the game. So instead of playing this game for two hours, I will beat the game in 30 minutes. Um, and I'm laughing because I, I, got, I, got, I got Mario toys. <laughs> so, so here's the thing a uh, mentor is your warp zone. Okay. It's your warp zone. Because you get all the accumulated wisdom and knowledge that they have built up for years and you condense it to a very, very small pocket of time. Remember, whether or not you are successful is based on your ability to manage time. It's not education, it's not money, um, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily being in the inner circle or connection, it's time. Because most people let their time run out. We know when you play football or basketball, um, you got a timer on that game. You got so much time to get as many points as possible to win the game. Most people don't realize that when you get the right mentor and you got to vet the mentor, you don't want someone who can't show you the spoils of victory, meaning are they Googleable? Can I see the spoils of victory? And that's so important because in this day and age of social media, with the right imagery and the right video and the right music, anyone can make themselves look super successful. So you want to do your homework on folks. You want to talk to people that may have been mentored or coached by them before you just decide to jump out there and deal with them. And yes, I'm all for paid mentoring. Uh, One of the biggest problems I'm going to say amongst us as African-Americans, I'm going to be clear about this. because I I met a lady 10 years ago and we had this argument. She said, well, I feel like, you know, black folks get to the top and they don't turn back around and pull the other one up. And I said, yes, that's true in some circumstances, but- Um, you have to understand something. For you to ask for something for nothing, that's almost like a smack in the face to the person who sacrificed 20 years of their life to get to where they are. Right. You must come to the table with something of value. Uh, The problem I see with a lot of us, we have the the anti-orphan Daddy Warbucks syndrome. Mm -hmm. We want a rich Daddy Warbucks to pour into our lives and take us to the top. And that's great if you a blood relative. (laughs) That's great if you family... But if you are a stranger, understand that if that person spent 10, 15, 20, 30 years in the trenches and they sacrificed and went without to build and they have a viable knowledge source, I don't go there thinking you're supposed to get a free handout. Be able to give something of value. Um, when we do real estate, we flip houses or we, we flip short sales. It has to be a win-win for all parties involved, meaning the bank has to have a win-win because they know based on what's owed on the property, and based on what the current value is based on the appraisal, we wanna at least net this to be to be happy, okay? The homeowner who wants out of foreclosure knows, I wanna walk away from, home, from foreclosure and not owe any money or possibly get some sort of relocation check. And if you're gonna buy the deal, you want it at a certain price, but if you're gonna flip the deal to someone else, you know they want a certain profit market. It has to be a win-win for all parties of all. It can't just be a win-win for one person, meaning you. So any mentor that I acquired, whether they were a paid mentor, or what I call a servitude mentor. So let's talk of uh, the real estate mentor I had. Um, when I found her, because again, vision first, strategy second, what, what am I gonna put all my weight into? What am I gonna give 100% of my time and effort? Because what I water grows. Then when I found her and I vetted her, uh, she had a $7,000 real estate program that I, actually, I paid for. It. I asked her to work out a payment plan that I could afford. I paid for it. And then the first deal I wholesaled I made like $8,500. It's not a whole lot by today's terms, but when you gone without a job <laughs> right. and you struggling check to check and you doing everything you can to avoid going to a check cashing place, that $8,500 is like a breath of fresh air. So everything I gave to her, I got back in like a one-year timeframe. And then 30 days after that, I had to wholesale the deal for like $9,500. And so that was like 18 grand in 30 days. And that was the nest egg. That I use to make sure I did not go back to the nine to five. Okay. Right. The strategy was in place. So with the Nest egg, I paid the bills and then I continued to hustle because the key thing is now I got 40 hours a week working behind my goal and dream. So I'm watering my plant every day and I'm watching it grow and blossom. You cannot be successful the way you want to playing this game part-time. It's not gonna happen. You have to figure out what's gobbling up the most of my time and see if I can put that solely behind powering my goal and my dream. If you look at anybody in any arena that's super successful, the key difference maker for most of them, they had control of their time, which is the most valuable resource. And this is for whoever's out there working a job right now. The job is not paying you because they love you. The job is not paying you for your degree. The job is paying you for one thing and one thing only for your time. Mm -hmm. Don't believe me? I don't care how many degrees you got. Keep showing up late and calling up and watch how quickly they replace you (laughs) with someone else who's going to trade time for money. There's nothing wrong with the trade as long as the trade is a fair trade. I don't want to work for 65 years of my life knowing the price of living is going to go up and what I got stacked into a 401k is not going to match that. I don't want to be one of the unfortunate people stuck inside a Walmart greeting somebody, not because I want to, because I got no choice. I have to. You should see some of the faces of the folks I've seen inside my Walmart locally because they're, they're aged, they're high risk. And I can tell they're scared as hell because I don't know if I'm going to contract Corona because I know I'm high risk based on age alone, you know? So you have to kind of, you have to know where you're going. That's vision. Second thing is strategy. Third thing is mentor. Who am I learning for that's going to cut my curve down. And when you get the mentor, you don't want to just gobble up all the nuggets of wisdom you want to know about their setbacks and their challenges because you will learn more by the setbacks and challenges than their victories. Why? Because eventually if you follow that same pathway, you're going to go through the same thing and you want to know how to handle it before it gets to you.
0: You know, Kareem, when you say that, that hits close to home for me because Hmm. I noticed that a lot of people they get on platforms and they never mm. talk about any struggles it's mm. just you know I've made it I'm successful and it's like wait no like what did you go through because I know you couldn't have just arrived yes. and so whenever well, well, I see people be vulnerable that's when I know mm. okay that's the kind of person that, that I would want to learn from because they're
1: at least being at least somewhat honest with me yeah. to, to give me a balance. So, so here's the thing and this is a speaking trick You have to always appear relatable to your audience. When I go on stage, I'm polished, sharp tie, sharp suit, I'm polished, the most polished person in the room. But if I'm too polished, if I look like I'm here, you can listen to me, but you'll feel like I can never reach that level of excellence. There's no way in the world it's gonna happen. There's great things that must have happened in this person's life that have never happened to me. When people watch reality TV stars, they're successful. I'm not talking about the ratchet ones the one that want to go drinks and jump over and grab wigs and weeds. When you look at someone like a Kardashian, most people look most people look at their life and go, that's great for her, but there's no way in the world that can ever be me. She puts her shoes on one foot at a time, just like you. Right. The problem with most people is they're trying to learn from someone uh, that they don't feel is relatable. So when I get around someone like a Les Brown, who has been in this game uh, for years, who's spoken in 51 countries, uh, his going rate to speak here locally um, is, is 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 man, it's, it's, it's the price of a house flip at this point in time, you know. Uh, and I'm talking about like a retail flip where you buy a fix up, and sell it for you know 70, 80, 90 thousand dollars for an hour of his time, and even more than that when you go outside the country. You know, there's a reason why I want to learn from someone like that versus learn from someone who's on a lower playing field. But there will be a disconnect if less wasn't relatable. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? If I can't see myself in the person I'm learning from, it, I'm gonna struggle. So this is for um those of you guys who are looking for a mentor or those of you guys that want to mentor because you feel like I got a knowledge base, I want to teach I got an expertise, always make sure yourself always make sure your authentic self is relatable. Relatable. You can't go out here and act like you have limitless free. You have no challenges. You've never gone through anything because I'm being clear with you. I will disconnect from you very quickly. I want to know that you are just like me in almost every facet imaginable um, from how you acquired money to your struggles with money to your struggles with relationship to how you handle family and how you handle friends and how you handle acquaintance. I want to know all that stuff because the same pathway you had to make it through, I'm gonna have to come down that same pathway. And I can believe you more when I see authenticity. I can believe you more when I see authenticity. Authenticity. So you always want to try to be as real as possible persons. And the problem is day and age, people have an imagery of what they think success is. Right. And so they start to act successful. They start saying certain things that sound like successful catchphrases and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, the real person is going to see right through you. Mm-hmm. I can be polished on stage, but I won't carry that polish all the way through. You know, I will very quickly identify with the audience so they know, hey, I'm no different than you are. Here are my struggles. Here are my challenges. I was struggling between trying to figure out how to pay bills as well. You know, I was a person that went through that breakup where all the bills were in my name. And here you are trying to figure out how to take your income and cover bills that were designed and created by two people. But unfortunately, you were the sucker to sign on for everything, you know. So I think that that's a part of your story and your journey. And that helps other people grow facts about it sometimes that helps people grow more than me giving you a specific skill set yeah mindset is everything yeah
0: you know i had an opportunity it's about two years ago les brown Mm. came to Mm. um charlotte north carolina where i where Mm. i'm headquartered and he he was actually speaking at a church that i was attending and um, i had a chance to shake hands with him and Mm. um just meet him briefly and he did a whole Mm -hmm. entire Uh, speech about going to the next level yes who you surround yourself with Uh, Mm -hmm. and he had some other speakers that he was mentoring come up and and talk Mm -hmm. as well Uh, for those who don't know the story because I think Mm -hmm. this is important to document when did you first come into contact with Les Brown and Mm. and, uh, decide okay that's the person that I want to work Mm. with long term
1: Okay, so we're, so we're going to tie this in two ways. As you're talking, I'm thinking, I never answered your original question about how do you decide who to surround yourself with. So I'm going to try to tie these both in together okay. and book it in. Sense. makes so, sense. So again, everything starts with vision. Okay. Scripture has so many things about the concept of why vision is important. So vision allows me to understand where I'm going, what strategy is going to get me there quicker and faster, um, what mentor I should be looking for based on what I want to do. And then importantly, what resources are needed from the journey? So I'm going to do a a soft plug real quick, Um, and this is in regard to this book called GPS My Success, just got dropped this year, and this is all about setting vision, and one of the beautiful things that I've learned is whenever I put an address in a GPS, it gives me an allotted time frame how long I'm going to be on the road. So one of the dumbest things I did in my speaking career is I drove all the way to Oklahoma City uh, to speak to the Oklahoma Department of Transportation. Don't even ask me, why, I know why I drove. Um, they were they had 450 people, and they were going to film the event, and I had this giant, I had this giant Connect 4 board that's like body size, you know, and I couldn't ship it there because it was too late, uh, so I got an SUV, and I drove it all to Oklahoma. It was like an 11-and-a-half-hour drive, and I'll never do it again. But what I learned was when the GPS said 11-and-a-half hours after I took a good gulp, <laughs> um, I very quickly understood for this journey, what are the things I need to make this journey possible? Okay. I know I need to start off with a full tank of gas because I don't want to stop 30 minutes into the journey. Um, I want some snacks because I don't want to stop trying to look for food. Um, I know I want to pee before I leave the house because I don't want to try to find a gas station to pee at. Um, I know I need a good rotation of music because as I drive through different cities listening to the radio, stations are going to change. i want to sit there for 10 minutes trying to figure out where my station is coming in and coming out. That's a very uh, underrated
0: I, fact. You got to have your, a, your diversity <laughs> in music on the road trip. You, go you got to
1: have it. Um, <laughs> if I'm traveling 11 hours, there are certain people that I may want in the car with me that can make the journey enjoyable. And most importantly, there's certain people I do not want in that car under any circumstances whatsoever because I've been on committed homicide and now I'll be on the run from the law. <laughs> right. So the reason why this is important because the resources you need will be dictated by your journey. Remember, Moses said, God, I can't talk. I don't have a mouthpiece. He said, I got Aaron for you. That's your resource. All you got to do is do what I tell you to do and lift your staff. he's going to be your mouthpiece. So he wouldn't have recognized Aaron if he didn't realize Aaron was a resource for the journey. So the way I figured out who I want to surround myself with is, a, is an age old principle that everybody with a mom and dad who was in their life actively, is something you should have learned from childhood. Um, you become who you hang with. Mm. <laughs> you become who you hang with so quick story um i remember when i was a child and i hung around this 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 kid that was light fingered in the neighborhood and everybody knew who his light finger he'd go to the local corner store and he was always gonna steal something and his reputation preceded himself because my mother would see him and say i don't want you hanging with that boy that boy is light finger he's still out of time and if you get caught you're gonna get in trouble with him but he was the coolest kid in school elementary school so i couldn't pass up the opportunity. So we went to the corner store. My mom had given me like 20 bucks to go buy something, buy some food, stuff for the house. And she said, take $5 and get what you want. He didn't have anything. And so back then in the 80s, everyone collected Garbage Pail Kid stickers. And so I bought $5 worth of Garbage Pail Kid stickers and some football cards. There's a little bubble gum inside of it. And as I'm ringing out, he's standing next to the door. He has this, bu- this snap-up jacket on. And as we sitting there, our Garbage Pail Kid sticker hits the floor. The clerk looks at me, looks at him, wanting to know where the sticker came from. I took a step back like, that ain't me. Clerk steps around the cor- around the counter, grabs him by the jacket before he can run. The jacket burst open. And I'm not lying. It was like two to three packs of Garbage Pail Kit stickers just fell from his jacket. His feet oh, were just covered in a pile of stickers. The problem was when the cops got called, the cops got called on both of us. Right. Because I it, it was guilt by association. I was an accomplice, even though I didn't steal a thing. I didn't even know he was stealing. Now, luckily the clerk knew my mom, and so he, I got off, but I didn't. That's you know, we grew up in a whooping household. So mm-hmm. she wore my butt out. So when I say don't play with him, I mean don't play with him. So we've been taught by our parents, you know, to watch you hang around because you'll become that person. We always see it in a negative sense, but if it works in a the negative, then you gotta believe it works in a positive. Right. So if I want to be successful, i got to hang around people that have the very thing that I desire. So I, I hate to say it, but I eliminated a lot of the folks I was hanging with. A lot of my nine-to-five folks were stuck in that nine-to-five bubble where the way they got wealth was to beg for overtime. The way they got wealth was picking up a second job. The way they got wealth was selling off items that they didn't want to sell and go to pawn shop. I had to remove that mindset out my sphere. And at that time, I started hanging around folks in the local real estate investors club because they had the mindset of what I wanted. The way they bought things versus my nine to five friends were totally different. They believed that I'm not, I'm not gonna go into debt for Christmas. I'd rather flip the house, make some money and pay for that, or flip the house, make some money, um, and pay for uh, the trip to Disney World, or I'd rather open up an uh, education IRA, buy you know, five to six houses right before Junior's gonna go to college. Uh, since I bought them in the education IRA, all the rent's going to the IRA tax-free, and then when it's time for Junior to go to college, I sell all the properties out the IRA. All the proceeds from that go back into the IRA, and so when Junior goes to school, his college tuition is totally paid for, so he walks out of school with no debt. Different mindset. You become who you hang with, both in the negative and the positive. So if you're in the driver's seat, you got to be selective over who you're going to choose to hang around that's going to give you your winning season. Once I hung around my nine to five people, I started to walk like them, talk like them, think like them, act like them. I saw my bank account go from zero to what they were doing in that season. And then I realized my old peers, my old friends, my old comrades, we had very little in common. Their, mm. their, their biggest dilemma was office gossip, and I didn't get the raise or the promotion. My biggest thing was, man, I got to get this bank to allow me to get this deal at $12,000 I got somebody lined up for the taking the thirty. <laughs> yeah, you know, two our worlds. challenges are different. So once you know where you're going, now's your job to submerge yourself in the right envir- environment. I tell everybody that you are seed. And seed will only grow if it's in the right soil or the right environment. Okay? So for me, the environment in that season was a real estate investing forum. So I submerge myself around other investors on a regular basis. I hung around people that were smarter than me, wiser than me. So I was the dumbest person in the room. So I had no choice but to absorb what they were giving. And that became a turning point because at that point, I was 100% committed and all in. Think about it this way as a kid growing up. If you went to school and someone came in with the latest fashion, you know, I remember, I'm dating myself, I remember when Jordan's first came out. (laughs) I remember when Jordan's first hit the scene and everybody wanted Jordans. And so if you didn't have Jordans, you go home and beg your parents, mom, dad can I have some Jordans, because you didn't want to be the oddball. This works the same exact way. When you're hanging around people that's making money in the stock market, when you're hanging around people that's making money in real estate, when you hang hanging around people that's getting on stages to getting paid eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 to speak for an hour to an hour and a half, it makes you want to be in the circle that much harder. So you have to be willing to burn some bridges purposefully to get the results you're supposed to have. You are ultimately in the driver's seat of your destiny. God has already said it's yours, but by faith you go after it. But there's some wisdom that goes along with it. Think about it this way: When Jesus came off this forty-day fast, he didn't fight Satan with fist. <laughs> he fought Satan with wisdom. Satan mm-hmm. tried to throw temptation. I know you're hungry, turn these stones to bread. He used wisdom to counteract it. Jump off this cliff and prove to me that you are God, and I'll give you everything. He used wisdom to counteract it. The most powerful thing you have is this the most useful thing you have is time. You have to know how to use those appropriately. So wisdom said, you need to surround yourself by folks is doing what you want to do on a daily basis. That way you have no desire to go back this way. Think about it from the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The -hmm. reason why Robert Kiyosaki turned out the way he was, he spent more time hanging around his rich dad dad friends family than his poor dad. And he lived in his poor dad's house. But he got a good dose of this over here versus this. And he said, oh, I want this. I don't want to be struggling. I don't want to go back to school at the age of 50 to try to get another degree to show my value and be fighting against young 20-year-olds coming out with the same degree, okay? Those are right. some of the things I think about. So that's how I knew who to associate myself with, okay? Like-minded people going in the same direction and getting rid of negative people very quickly. Now, the Les Brown story, um, that's actually this in process to a T. Hmm. Um, GPS My Success, Means that a GPS is useless until you decide to give it an address.
0: Nice. I like that. I don't know
1: where you want to go. So, my desire was to be mentored by Les Brown. The problem I had was I was a nobody. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I was speaking on corporate stages, but Les Brown is the upper echelon. For folks that haven't paid attention to this, um, when the original thing kicked off back in the 80s with the motivational speakers that paved the way for all of us, Les was one of them. Matter of fact, Les was the, he, he was the original African-American that, that kicked it all off. You know him, right. Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, he's one of the facts about it. He is the last one standing. Very Everyone true. else has passed away. He is the last living legend that kicked this all off. And so I knew I want him to mentor me before time runs out. Right. The problem was I had self-doubt in myself. And so God had to speak to that. Um, One of the things I'm open about is back in 2015, I got shot. Um, And in 2015, I got shot in the right knee trying to break up an altercation, nine millimeter. I had to learn how to walk all over again. Nine months of excruciating, painful physical therapy. Everything came to a standstill. Um, But that was the reality that tomorrow's not promised. Right. If that man decided to pull the trigger a second time, that could have been my life. So that was my reminder stop waiting and get stuff done. And so it just so happened at that time, I saw Les Brown on Facebook Live. Um, He had been re-diagnosed with uh, cancer again, and he was on social media, and he was being authentic. He wasn't done up and dressed up. You know, he was in the hospital looking rough and saying, hey, this may be it for me, depending on how the surgery goes. They got to go in there and do some stuff on my spine. Two of his uh, spinal spinal cord pieces had mm-hmm. issues that they're going to operate on. Anytime you play with the spinal cord, you're playing with nerves. Uh, you can paralysis, not be able to speak again, or death. Right. And so he was blatantly scared about going under the knife. But he said, if I go out, I'm going out the way I want to doing what I love with the speaking. So I'm going to speak inside this hospital room every day until it's time to get done. And something in my spirit resonated with that moment because I had been shot and been in the hospital the same exact way. So I said, how in the world do I get the world's greatest motivational speaker to mentor me? That's the address I put inside mm. GPS. <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, and so what I learned was at that point, Les was in—he uh, was in Ohio. He was up in the uh, in the, uh, the the Cleveland area, and I'm in Cincinnati. But the chances of him running into me here was slim and none. I also want you to understand—I've been chasing Les for a little bit of time. There's a couple times Les came to Cincinnati to speak, and I got the dates crossed. So I spent three four hundred dollars to get VIP tickets to try to get a hold of them. and I missed my shot. But I never gave up on the dream. Okay. Um, so what I ended up doing was I got the opportunity to be one of twelve speakers with the opportunity to speak at one of his big events down in Florida. Um, it was called Master the Mic. And I knew that that was my best opportunity to get in front of him and get his attention. There is a very, very powerful um, piece of biblical knowledge I'm going to insert in here. And, and I want everyone listening to this to get this. Your gift and talent is deeper than just um, making your way easier, like the cheater running 70 miles per hour. Scripture says your gifts will make room for you. And put you before powerful people i'm going to say that again your gifts will make room for you he didn't say your handsome good looks he didn't say your college education or the lack thereof he didn't say your money he said your gift will make room for you and put you before powerful people meaning that when you walk in your gift there are certain people that will see your gift and doors you could not open will be open to you not because of how good you are, because your gift caught their attention. It's amazing when you watch old highlights of Michael Jordan or Mike Tyson and they're showing the footage alone. So you can't help but watch because you're watching the person in their gift. When you see a cheetah on the screen running 70 miles per hour after that prayer, you know how the story's gonna end, but you can't help but be captivated and watch it because you love to see people walking their gift. That's the main reason for figuring out what, am I, what do I do exceptionally well? Because there's an arena I can't get access to until I identify the gift, I master it, I put it in the right environment, and most importantly, I control the gift. Because whoever controls your gift typically controls your payday, whether you know it or not. I like that. So when I got on the stage, when I got on the stage with Les, um, I had this pre-written out, not pre-written out, this this pre-known speech that I was going to give that was kind of an homage to his – his, his speech he gives about connect forward with his son. It's not over until I win. Right. Um, and so we didn't know who was going to speak at this contest to the day, the day before the contest. So like nine o'clock at night, they said, you, 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 you. And so I had this speech. I said, this Les Brown, his, the first family motivation going to be there. Um, all his platinum students are going to be there. So this is my opportunity. I can't mess it up. So I'm going to go with something that I know. And that night in the hotel room around, around 1130, God says, no. We're not going to do that. And I pause for a second because I'm looking at him like, this is the shot I've been waiting for. By faith, I've traveled all the way from Cincinnati all the way down to Florida. This is the opportunity I can't mess up. And God says, that's not what we're going to do. Side note, God is always calling the shots. Listen to him intently. Get close enough in the spirit that you can hear God talk to you. So what we did was a whole different presentation. It was never tested. It was based on a piece of inspiration uh, that I had at a gas station so the message is up on my my youtube channel on facebook but i'll give a quick uh, blurb of how it went um what i end up doing because i knew everyone's gonna get on stage and talk about themselves i don't want to do that note the self always find a way to make yourself stand out if you want to be successful in any arena you must find a way to make your stand self stand out from the rest of the crowd if you blend in you can't be seen um one of the things I love, I saw a meme a while back, I can't take credit for it because you know, I played Nintendo games and one of the games I played was Tetris. And the problem with Tetris is you try to get the blocks to blend in, but when they blend in, they disappear.
0: Mm, very true. I don't know who needs to hear that. That's deep. When you
1: blend in, you disappear. Your job is, listen, God says you are salt of the, salt of the earth. I don't know about you, but if I make any food, I can taste salt. I may not be able to taste paprika. I may not be able to taste ginger, but I can taste salt. Salt has a definitive taste that stands out. You are salt. So in everything you do, you're supposed to stand out. You ain't supposed to blend in. Right. And so I went with a speech talking about uh, my two Porsche convertibles. And I started the speech out by saying that um, the cars are so sexy. My, my wife's going to kill me because I wasn't married at the time. <laughs> I said, the cars are so sexy. You could get any girl's phone number on a Friday night just by having the top down. They're so sexy. They are conversation pieces. And then I talk about how I love to wash the cars. And so I said, when I go to the car wash, I like to wash in my hand because I got pride in the vehicles. And I would vacuum the car out first, and then i pull it into the bay, and I wouldn't wash it right away. I'd take some of that cleaner and soap up the wheels and let it sit in to get that grime and gristle off. And while I'm waiting for that gristle to, the gristle to come off, I'd walk around to the front of the car wash with a few dollar bills to get some, cha- get some change. And I said that I put the first dollar bill in, and it kicked out four quarters. I put the second dollar bill in, and it kicked out four more quarters. I put that third dollar bill in, which wasn't as crisp, was a little bit crinkled and beat up, and the machine split the dollar bill back out. Mm. And so I put the dollar bill in again, and the machine kicked it back out. I turned the dollar bill around upside down, put it in the machine, the bill kicked it back out. Frustrated knowing I didn't have enough quarters, I began to walk back to the car, hoping against hope I had enough change, And right as I got to the door handle, God says, go back to the front of that machine and straighten that bill out. So I walked back to the front of the machine. I began to take it and get all the wrinkles and creases out of it, get it as straight as I can. I put it inside the machine, and then change came out. Now, what I told the audience is this. I said, if you think the message of this story is about me owning these two sexy Porsche convertibles, you missed the message. If you think this story is about how I like to clean my cars hands-on, you missed the message. See, the real moral of the story is this. There are certain arenas in your life that you won't gain access to until you decide to straighten yourself out. Mm. And the way I ended it, I used the prop of real change. So I actually did a mic drop. You know, people take the mic and they drop it. I did the <laughs> mic drop, but I did it with four quarters instead. So I said, straighten oh, yourself nice. out, and make the right change." And I dropped it. And I didn't even stick around to watch. I dropped it and walked off stage immediately. It was the only standing ovation of night. The whole room exploded. I believe it was like 200 plus people in the room. The whole room exploded. And when it happened, I saw Les Brown get up with a standing ovation. And then mm. all his platinum still with a standing ovation. And in that moment, prophecy came true. God said, your gifts will make room for you and put you before powerful people. Walking in my gift caught Les's attention. He didn't know who I was until I walked in my gift. My real estate mentor didn't know who I was until I walked in my gift. OK, so I got the invitation to come to his hotel room and I was just on cloud nine because I am just like, I'm, I'm in Les Brown. I as a child growing up at the age of eight, dad would listen to Les Brown in the car. That was right. Les Brown, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn or, or talk radio. Right. So here I'm at the age of eight listening to Les Brown, not knowing my future is this is your mentor. This is who you're going to shadow. This is who you can have on speed now. This is who you do Facebook lives with. This is who, who does the forward to your book. Um, this is who you're going to travel on stage with uh, both in the country and out of country. I had no clue, but it was my gift that caught his attention. Okay. And then everything else was history. Now this is the thing that I discovered after having a relationship with him. He said, it wasn't your gift got my attention, but your character is what pulled me in. This is very Mm. powerful for someone right now because someone is saying they want greatness, but your character don't, your character does not match up with what you are asking God for. The scales must always be balanced. You can't say, God, I want you to put me uh, at the head of this company organization and your Facebook looks like Phil Flaherty from Clamp. (laughs) You can't say, God, send me the right man and you got every piece of skin you own showing on social media every five seconds of the day. You can't say, God, make me a millionaire and you can't handle your paycheck on a regular basis because you got spending habits and you don't have investing habits. Okay. The the balance will always come due. You have to be able to make that scale balance out. So what he hit me with is said, Yo, yo, gift and talent powerful. You remind me of a young me starting out. So that pulled me in, but he said, I did my homework on you. I Googled you. I went on social media because the problem with a lot of people is a lot of people have gifts and their character can't sustain them. He said there are there are number one draft pick quarterbacks that'll never see a football field because their gift took them to a place their character couldn't sustain them and they're in jail right now. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. So when you walk towards your destiny and you activate your gift, your talent, your expertise, make sure your character lines up because most people fall from grace, not because they forget how to use a gift or their talent, or they somehow get a mind fog or forget their expertise. Most people fall from grace because of character flaws. He made it clear, you wouldn't be in my camp or travel with me or have access to me if I saw something wrong with your character. And being up under him and being a student, I can, I can say fully without prejudice, I've been around him where I've seen people with character flaws and he's identified, and he's cut people loose because of that. Whether it may be students, whether it may be business opportunities, unless he's a straight shooter. So he's always observant, he's always listening, and he's always checking out the the temperature of your character, the temperature of it.
0: Before we let everyone know where they can go to to find your work, to uh, read your book, how does it feel now to be in uh, the seat where people see you as their Les Brown? Mm. Want want uh, you to be their mentor because I, I see it. I see people wanting yeah. to learn from you and, and be close mm-hmm. to you. On mm-hmm. now that you're on the other side, where now you're the person, now you're that mentor that people are vetting and making sure uh, mm-hmm. they want you on their team. Uh, yes. you touch on that just a little bit because I think that's an interesting turn of mm-hmm. events.
1: Absolutely. So when I started this journey, um, I had to put total trust in God because remember I started with absolutely nothing. Um, what I've learned about God is, that is a seed reproduced after its own time. Meaning that whatever I am, I'm supposed to reproduce more of me. Yes. The reason why Les' story is so powerful to me because Les' is seed he grew in a tree and I, there's no such thing as imort- immortality in the physical sense <laughs> unless you're going to get a 2 pot hologram to pop up of you. But immortality comes about by leaving your lessons, your wisdom, everything there is about you Stru- strategically planted in other people so when you study the right mentor what will happen is you'll find yourself saying something very similar to you. or folks will go i can tell you talk about let's say something just like that and you reminded him of what you said you know i call them lessons and almost every one of his students will give lessons from time to time because um the seed you, you can tell the fruit by the tree comes from right so when i started this journey um when i lost it all uh, and let me backtrack. I want to be. I want to be transparent again. My lowest point wasn't when I got shot. My lowest point wasn't wasn't the heartbreaks and stuff like that. The lowest point was when I was at 26, forced to move back home, and the job let me go. Uh, I had one last two-week paycheck, and you know, we get that last two-week paycheck, you count the days on it because you know there's no more money coming through right. until you land something else. Uh, I was registered at three temp agencies at the same time. And you can't even do that. Tim may say so you can't even really work for them. I was under Kareem. I was under Ray Ellis. I was trying to because I needed I needed work. Oh, and I didn't man. want to keep borrowing from people. Right. And I hit my breaking point when they repossessed my car. I got up in the morning, woke up, and the car was gone. And I had all I could take. And I felt like I wanted to commit suicide. It was deep in my mind. Uh, that's why they say the idle mind is the devil's playground. Because when you're alone with your thoughts, just like Jesus coming off that 40-day fast, that is the opportune time when the enemy attacks when you are alone with your thoughts and you are weak. And so the thought of suicide wasn't going to go through with me. Nobody's going to miss me if I'm gone. I'm struggling paying child support. I don't feel like a man. I can't find a job. I don't have a degree. Um, I don't have any things that need to be successful. Um, I've lost it all. And I remember that night saying to God before I went to bed with tears in my eyes, I said, give me one good reason why I should stick around. Give me just one good reason. I need just one because I don't I don't see it. And so when I went to bed that night, the vision he gave me was out of body, but the vision he gave me was me at my own funeral. And the venue was so packed. It was a line going all the way around the block, around the street. And I remember turning and asking, saying, what is this? He said, this is your funeral. I said, why is there so many people here? These are the lives that are going to allow you to impact why you're here on earth. Mm. When I woke up, everything changed. Because in that moment, vision had been established, okay? I didn't know how I was going to chase that vision. I just knew the seed had been planted, okay? And so I just started walking in the direction of what I thought was going to bring that vision to fruition. And things start piling up and lining up because I was walking in faith. What this simply means is this. When I get folks to give me feedback, when folks say, man, I heard your message, or they inbox me and say, man, you know, that was powerful, I love it. All they're doing is confirming what God already gave to me. Whenever God gives you a vision or calling your life, he will always send witnesses to let you know you're moving in the right direction, okay? And I don't know who this is for. Um, I got a feeling there's someone on here that's ready to throw in the towel. You may not be ready to commit suicide or something so drastic, but you've had so many losses and setbacks and defeats that you were just willing to call it quits. Uh, I am going to encourage you to hang in there just a little while longer. Hang in there just a little while longer. Hold on to whatever vision was fed to you. Um, at the time, things looked like they were great. And do everything within your physical power to make that vision a reality. And what you'll find is as you drive towards your destination, the GPS is going to give you confirmation. It's going to let you know you making the right way. And uh, when you hit a dead end street or you make a wrong turn, it's going to recalculate you, get you back on track. So where I am right now, and it's like I said to you earlier, There's a reason why Joshua shadowed Moses. God will always give you confirmation you're going the right way. So when I get that feedback now and I'm seeing this stuff now, uh, it's just giving me confirmation that I'm walking in my calling. You have to understand how many people told me to go back and get that nine to five job and I walked away from it. How many people said you were stupid for chasing real estate? You're stupid for thinking you can escape the nine to five? You're chasing a pipe dream. You're dumb to give $7,000 of your money for someone to teach you rhythm. It was so many people that was telling me not to do it. And I had very little people in my corner telling me to do it, except for God and strategic people along the way that kind of re re the vision, so to speak. So where I sit now, when I see it, I'm grateful to God. But God says, don't get comfortable because we still got a way to go. You know, as Nipsey says, the marathon continues. For me, the marathon continues. Les Brown is a great benchmark to look at. Because it lets me know that what he's accomplished in his time frame, I, I got to keep that tempo and pace. You know, if not, try to exceed it in my allotted amount of time frame. And that's something he says all the time to some of his students who say, "You'll surpass what I've done because number one, you got time on your hands. Number two, technology puts you everywhere." Yeah. we don't know how many people are going to watch this podcast, uh, not only here in the states but outside the country. Okay, yeah. so that's what I mean by vision. When you write the vision. You'd be amazed at the resources you can use to take that vision to the next level. But as always, I'm humble. Anytime someone comes to me and says, Hey, you know, um, I'm grateful for what you've done. I'm grateful for what I've learned. That just means that my gamble to chase my purpose versus chase the paycheck was not in vain.
0: Well, Kareem, I'll be completely honest with you. There's a lot of people in this, this space of yes. black wealth talk and and mm. black entrepreneurship. Yes. But- What I really have always enjoyed uh, about your story Mm -hmm. is the transparency, Mm -hmm. the vulnerability, and the honesty. Mm -hmm. And so I I thank you for doing all the work that you're doing. Thank you for coming on Black Equity. How can people uh, Mm -hmm. go read your book, be a part of what you got going on, your website, Mm -hmm. your social media? How can people connect with you?
1: Gotcha. So the easiest way they can connect with you right now is to go to KareemEllis360.com. Uh, so Kareem is spelled K-A-R-I-M, because I know, you know, as, 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 as African-Americans, we, we can spell our names all types <laughs> of ways, and we can add consonants and vowels and take out linking verbs and conjunctions, and so it's K-A-R-I-M-E-L-L-I-S, uh, the number 360.com, and that right now is my one-stop shop for everything. That has links to my Instagram, that has links to uh, my Facebook, my LinkedIn, um, I'm on every social media channel. I'm highly Googleable. If you put in Kareem Ellis, or put in Kareem R, middle initial R Ellis, I'm Googleable that way as well. Um, for the book, the book is on Amazon, but right now because of Corona, uh, Amazon is acting a little bit funny with some of the stuff they are currently shipping out. Right. Uh, so right now, the easiest way to get a copy of the book is to text the word GPS, just like the GPS. GPS uh, 2020. We're in the year 2020. So GPS 2020 uh, to the to the number 48. 4848 so GPS 2020 could work 484848 and you can have this book uh right now we're running it I think for 20 bucks I think is what it's running it right now I think the 20 bucks or 25 one of the two uh but this is going to give you five core success principles of how to get your vision off the ground um these are principles I followed uh not only in the speaking business but in the real estate business uh when I started my first online toy business selling vintage toys for seed capital uh, for anyone that's a multi-level marketing, I've given that talk to multi-level marketing groups. Um, everything starts with vision, but vision is the beginning of it because it's just the blueprint and the game plan of what you need to be doing every day to get a result. If you want to lose weight, you don't get up one day and just change your diet and not eat a hamburger. There's perpetual changing of the diet day in and day out until you see a result. There's getting on the treadmill and lifting weights until you see a result. So this is a tried and true. Uh, this is one of my most powerful keynotes I've given all over the world. Let's say it, am making a book. And so, I said, I got to do what the mentor tells me. So we made it a book, but uh, GPS 2020 to numbers 48, 48, 48. If you want to contact me by email, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O at KareemEllis.com. I-N-F-O at KareemEllis.com. And like I said, I'm highly Googleable. So if you Google Kareem or Ellis, I'm I'm everywhere. Um, Again, if you're looking for coaching and mentoring, they have to show the spoils of victory, whether you're saying, hey, I need a real estate coach, or if I'm looking for, a coach in multiple marketing or a coach in stocks or a coach in speaking, they got to be able to show you the spoils of victory. And it should be dated history. It shouldn't be something where everything has happened in the last six months. Right. Longevity. <laughs> because, because the thing, it's longevity. Because um, I was watching this thing on, on Natural Predators, man, and and this guy was saying that the bigger the, bigger the predator, uh, the more efficient it is in killing. Because you don't get that big unless you've been around for a long time. Right. Very true. You got some folks that have been in the pond for four months trying to say, I can coach you and teach you, for this God knows how much fee, but they got no track record. It's somebody I know right now that's teaching, but it's kind of like the thing they teach And I'm like, dude, you only been doing it for like a year and a half. But social media makes it easy to create fluff to folks I know about. Uh, So do your research. If they're not Googleable and you can't see a track record, I would say then you need it's not to say they can't give you wisdom, but ask around. You got to ask around. Um, one of the biggest financial booms in this day and age is the education and teaching industry. Folks are getting paid to teach, but like I said, some folks don't have the longevity. <laughs> you know, when Les was my mentor, Les had been doing this for 50 years. He's been speaking mm-hmm. in 51 countries. He has a track record, you know, of longevity. So find a mentor that has that track record of longevity and then make sure that what they teach lines of what you want.
0: I love it. Absolutely. Thank you so so much for coming on Black Equity. You know in the future mm-hmm. when new initiatives yeah. come out, a new book comes out, come on back and let's continue the I'll conversation. Uh, thank, Absolutely. You, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on today.
1: You're welcome. It's, it's, it's my pleasure. Absolutely.
0: We are truly grateful for today's guest. If you are interested in becoming an approved black equity strategic partner with this company or one in the past, simply send us an interest inquiry to the following email, djm at djmotri.com. Once again, djm at djmotri.com. Let us know your name, your company, your services, and which guest you are interested in partnering with. As an approved partner, you will have exclusive access to our network and have first opportunity at future partnerships as well. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Equity Podcast.